Hello, welcome to Listcast, where the best things in the world come to be judged. On this episode, the best sitcoms of the 80s, with Daniel Soto, Matt Brusso, and Adam Todd Brown. The live stream should have started by now. There we are. We are still waiting on Danielle Soto. Hi, Kimberly McGuire and other people. Okay, here we go. Now it's getting out of hand. Liam Webster, Stuart Tinch. Hi. I said it's getting out of hand. We had three people comment. Yeah, but, but, you know, three in a a second means in two seconds. Yeah, that's really quick. Is this Danielle saying, oh, she's stuck in traffic. (laughs) Stuck in traffic. Fantastic. We are waiting on Danielle Soto. To join us. In the meantime, Matt Brussel. Oh, hi. How's it going? Good. How are you, Ed? Thanks for doing the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. We are talking about 80s sitcoms yep. today. 80s sitcoms, ladies and gentlemen. 80s sitcoms. When were you born, Adam? I was born in 1976, so oh, okay. this is right up my alley. Yeah, this is perfect for you. Yeah. Uh, for me, a lot of this was um, remembering things I watched. Yeah. As a kid, and like, or things I watched 10 years ago on Netflix. Yeah, it was it was that way for me too. It was a lot of I mean, I've I saw a lot of these shows as a kid, but I still had to go back and kind of remember why I liked them right. so much. Uh, but I feel like I feel like we have some good picks. And I feel like our listeners tend to skew younger, but I feel like whenever I say that, they prove me wrong and everyone starts posting like I'm 50, motherfucker. Right. So, they talk about the Iran revolution. Yeah. <laughs> So who knows? It could go either way. I'm interested to see what wins. I mean, I'm always interested, but I don't think anyone's picking the Cosby show. <laughs> well, you, I was gonna. Then you apologize for it as you were picking it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I cut that right away. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what what a few years could do, really. Yeah. Someone said Wolf Lamp with a question mark. Wolf Lamp is on. Uh, Kevin Anderson says, don't forget to plug your podcast. Actually, no. Uh, I would like that to not be mentioned at all. Didn't he no, plug, plug your plug your podcast. Uh, plug. I, I do Bleak and Review with Kevin Anderson. Who? Kevin Anderson. Never heard of him. Uh, Vanessa Gritton's boyfriend. Nope. <laughs> okay. Does not ring a bell. John Fahey's friend? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Figgles. Old Johnny Figgles. Me and Kevin Anderson sang Don't You Want Me by the Human League last night. He's been singing a lot lately. Yeah. I did Castle Wolfen show. And part of that show, you have to uh, you have to sing karaoke at the end, right? And I saw Kevin was there, and I said, "Hey, we're gonna sing a '80s duet." <laughs> so you pulled him out of the audience. Yeah, yeah. We sang. He took the he took the lady parts. <laughs> wow, that sounds, that sounds very presidential. <laughs> no, that's exactly how it sounds. Okay. Is yeah, that's that's how I meant it. It's great. So yeah, should we? Uh, yeah, we can hop into it. Should we text Danielle and see what her? <laughs> You want to text her for her responses? Is what she, her ETA is? Is she watching the live stream from her car? I don't know. This is this is good pod. Me Did, texting the guests. You don't even have a text sound playing. Really. <laughs> did uh, did you? For me, I made a rule where it's like eighty nine was like, that was too late. You know that makes sense for a show to have started for like an eighties sitcom. Yeah, I would think so. I didn't really put any rules on like starting in the seventies. I felt like that was fine. Oh sure, sure. I but I also didn't pick anything that started in the 70s, because I'm not that fucking old. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it was interesting going back, and, like, there's so many. I mean, I guess every decade there's a ton of shows that you forget about. Yeah. But 
The majority of them, even. Oh, yeah, for sure. Almost all of them. But <laughs> That's the statement of an art right there. <laughs> I feel like this will be a good episode, though. I don't think there's going to be a lot of bad picks because the 80s were a good time mm-hmm. for sitcoms. Right. That was prime sitcom. Yeah. I almost feel like 90s sitcoms would be harder. Because there's too many? Yeah. Well, there's... But not are there? Ones. But like there's like, but how many good ones compared to yeah, how many there are? That's the thing. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, I feel like there's like ten good '90s sitcoms total. Right. And, I could and be three wrong. Three of them are Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. And the other other seventeen are mad about you. That math doesn't even work. <laughs> I don't know where I pulled that yeah, from. It's the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> we were living it up in the '90s. Uh, Kevin Anderson has says hashtag shame Soto. Oh, we're gonna. Boy, are we gonna when she finally shows up? Man, that kid, that kid Anderson, he can really social media. That kid, yeah, he really delivers the zingers. We got a picture of Warhorse up in front of the uh, in front of Wolf Lamp. Oh, here we go. GPA says twenty nine minutes. <laughs> I think she uh, she's coming from Mexico. She's just going through San Diego now. Holy shit! Twenty nine minutes. Maybe, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just read in Danielle's voice. I can't do her accent like Kevin can. That's horrible. Horrible. That's uh, Punky that, Brewster. That'll be like 7.15. Hey. How are we going to do 40 minutes of pre-talk? And if, I, if anyone can fill, it's, <laughs> it's not me. Well, how was your day, Adam? Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Uh-huh. And then, you know. This, this has been a chaos-filled podcast because we had two guests lined up mm-hmm. and then one canceled right. at the last minute. And then I had to track down. You finally ju- uh, agreed to do it. Sure. Thank you so much You're for welcome. doing it at the last minute. And uh, that was all good. And now this. Well, I think I frightened Danielle off. I think she was. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I took cheers from her. She was so upset about that. That could be. Yeah, I feel like maybe we should just start. Sure. I actually tried to institute this rule when Andy Peters was running late, where for each rotation we made it through, he just lost a pick. I guess we could still do that. Sure, he yeah. made it in time to to avoid that. So who knows? Maybe we'll we'll talk for forty five <laughs> minutes just on our first two picks, and then Danielle will show up. Uh, now it says twenty four minutes. I don't know if this has been covered, but are you, are you making a statement with a black and white American flag? Yeah, black and white looks rad (laughs) as a a backdrop. That's a good statement. Uh, Beyond that, you know, it's just a protest thing. Mm -hmm. Just a general protest Mm -hmm. about how shitty a red, white, and blue flag looks compared to a black and white flag. That shit's just dope. Well, that would really change, like, the French flag, I guess. All right. So should we get started? Sure. (laughs) We might as well. Sure. Weather's Uh, great. You know, we can't talk about the weather. Weather's great. I don't know what else there is. Weather's always great in California. Even the rain, I kind of like the rain. You know? it yeah, me. it's been there's been a bit a yeah. bit much of it though. Like, sure, yeah, it's testing our infrastructure now. <laughs> it is. We're all, we're really going to be in the ocean because of water. How ironic is mm, that? Wow. So yeah, we're talking about best sitcoms of the eighties mm-hmm. today. Uh, I haven't explained the rules to you. Nope. And the rules for anyone who is listening for the first time. Basically, what we do, we each uh, have brought five picks with us. And we go around the room listing off our picks, like, one at a time. Mm-hmm. We don't list off all five in a row. That would be insane. And after we've gone through our picks, then we each go around and take turns kicking two off the list. Ooh. So we do that one at a time also. So then after we've each kicked two off the list, that'll mm-hmm. take us down to nine. Mm-hmm. 
And then we usually figure out a save on the fly. Mm-hmm. Like we get to save one to bring it back up to 10. Maybe I'll let you save because you're, the, you're the, the new guest. Not going to let fucking Danielle save. <laughs> Certainly not. Showing up late like this, goddammit. And then after we have whittled it down to 10, we leave it to the audience and they vote on the final five. So. And they decide who's right, who's wrong. Kale Liebig says, good morning from Perth. Good morning. Put another shrimp on the Barbie. I feel like I messed that accent up. I'm sorry. I had a spirit was there. Kimberly McGuire says, I'm so excited about this topic. I feel like this was my entire childhood. You're goddamn right. This is the best. Maybe she... Fuck, where is Danielle at? Was, Carol, was she a writer for sitcoms? <laughs> is that what, is that what yeah, she actually wrote for yeah. Cheers oh, okay. as a child. All right. So let's get started. What's your first pick? Also, I'm, I will keep track of the picks up okay. here on the screen. Okay, sure. Uh, my first one is uh, 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 Newhart. Newhart? Yes. That is a that is a bold pick. I mean, not really. It's a great show. Yeah. I mean, there was... Explain yourself. Well, a uh, Newhart was. I mean, it was basically like Parks and Rec and The Simpsons before either of those shows. And Newhart himself was just being Newhart and his his curmudgeon, like perfect straight man bumbler way. And then he's surrounded by insanity, like uh, with this Larry. And uh, Larry always goes, oh, "I'm Larry, and this is my brother Daryl, my other brother, my other brother Daryl, right." It's a beautiful town. It's just a beautiful place. And but something I didn't realize until afterwards, when I was researching it, was I noticed it at the time that they were like they were testing in real time almost. But uh, there's a good article written about it on the AV Club about how in season two they just keep like throwing things at the TV just to see if anything works, and if it doesn't, they just <laughs> kick it out. Like one point, George, the handyman, he gets a dog. Yeah, and I like the dogs not working, so they just get rid of the dog in two episodes. <laughs> And it's just like, you can just see them experimenting in real time until they finally figured it out in season three, and he's running the show. Yeah. And uh, then it finally becomes what it, what it is. And what a great comic. Bob yeah. Newhart was a fucking amazing comic. Yeah, he's like Bob Hope with balls or something. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to like his albums he made uh, back in the day, when he was still probably in his 40s or 50s. Yeah, or he looked the same his entire life. Yeah, he's always, always looked exactly like he does now. Yeah, that was my mom's favorite show. That, that was mostly my exposure to it, was her watching it, mm-hmm. and that kind of got me into watching it as a kid. It's not really one that I've ever followed up on as an adult, but that's a respectable pick. Bob oh. Newhart's so fucking great. Yeah, he was uh, it's great. Uh, and then, of course, the ending, the like the ending of all endings. I actually don't remember the ending. So the, so the last episode, the townspeople show up after they leave, and they're all rich, and um, he, like, walks out of his door and gets hit with a golf ball. Uh-huh. And he passes out, and he wakes up in the Bob Newhart show with his wife from the Bob Newhart show. Oh, that's right. And he goes, oh, it was all just a dream. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that, that was a that, – that was, like, the only it was all a dream ending that y- yeah. didn't make you want to punch your television. <laughs> exactly. Because Bob Newhart said it. Did you that know? end before or after St. Elsewhere? Because I wonder. Oh, if, that's a good question. I wonder if they were just shitting on Saint Elsewhere <laughs> that would, that'd be for that fucking. It was all in the kid's head. Or or oh. what, Dallas? Yeah, GR yeah. Shot. Ugh, that was the worst. That's a good pick, though. That's a really good pick. Do you have anything else to to add about Newhart? I uh, feel like we're not going to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are all great picks. All right, see you later. <laughs> all right, we are. Uh, we're going to put up the poll. It's just for Newhart. Uh, there's a, a great episode. Uh, one, I was just going through episodes, and uh, one of them I caught was there's a roast. So so Bob has to roast George, his handyman. Oh, yeah. 
I remember that one. And uh, so they go to the Beaver Lodge. And (laughs) (laughs) there's like, basically it's like Norm MacDonald roast. Everybody who's doing the roast is basically Norm MacDonald. One of the guys goes, George is so slow. One time in school he forgot his hat. The beavers just die. <laughs> and another one, another one, the guy goes, uh, George isn't married, but if he w- if uh, if he had a wife, his wife would be fat. <laughs> and then somebody goes, well, how fat? And he goes, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> she'd have her own zip code. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I remember that roast episode, but I don't remember the jokes from it. I remember... Uh, I remember I, I especially liked that episode as a kid. I think that I feel like that might be the one that's because funny. that that's like one of the only ones that really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Is I remember watching the roast, but yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, basically they did a they did a roast on TV in the eighties, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a fryer. <laughs> Do you? Um, she would be fat. <laughs> uh, what 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 age were you? You you remember? I probably would have been seven or eight. Mm-hmm. What years was that on? It was like around 80. It was like 83 to 90 almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I would have been eight in 84. So yeah, like seven or eight probably. Yeah, that's, that's, when I saw it. that's form of stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. My mom had good taste in uh, TV shows. Yeah. That always helps. Yeah. All right. So should we get to our, oh, uh, Rob Sires says, before St. Elsewhere. Ooh. So that's, it, al- that's almost disappointing. I wish they <laughs> yeah. were. So St. Elsewhere did a bad version of that. Yeah. I, I wish I wish they were making fun of St. Elsewhere. That would have been fun. All right. I will get to my first pick. This, like I mentioned in, I guess, the pre-show. I don't know what we call that. When, Emails? When people don't. <laughs> oh, right. When we're waiting for people to show up. You can. You should have it always be the Danielle Soto hour or something. You know, anytime. <laughs> Someone's not here. But I... <laughs> I mentioned that no one, as far as I know, was picking the Cosby Show. Right. And that I almost picked the Cosby Show. But it's one of those things, like, my conscience wouldn't let me. Like, I still can't argue for Bill Cosby directly. But what I will argue for is A Different World, which was a direct spinoff of the Cosby Show. And like I said, it was a last-minute change on my part. Because you still, like, I get all the horrible things uh, that Bill Cosby's been accused of since then. But, you know, it's it's like the, like, OJ's still a good running back, you know? <laughs> what if he's still a good running back? Well, yeah, not <laughs> still, but, like, in terms of his career. Right, right. You can't take those yards. Accomplished. Yeah. yeah, you can't take the touchdowns away. You can't take the Heisman away from him. Right. <laughs> you can take the Heisman and give it to Ron Goldman's father, yeah. <laughs> but with the Cosby show, it was... It was so instrumental in opening the door for so many other shows, and I think A Different World is a good example of that. And also, at the time The Cosby Show premiered, you know, a lot of people forget sitcoms were in a really bad place. Oh, really? Like, they weren't... The Cosby Show kind of brought the sitcom back to life, and all of this other great shit followed. Like, there was a time when NBC had, like, Family Ties, The Cosby Show... Golden Girls, Night Court, all of this shit on at the same time. And it was kind of the Cosby show that that did that. But also, Bill Cosby's a disgusting fucking rapist. Right. So I'd rather talk about A Different World, Mm -hmm. which was a show that proved that what the Cosby show did wasn't a fluke or a one-off. They really legitimately opened up the door for a lot of 
sitcoms that came in the late 80s and throughout the 90s that were, you know, predominantly black casts, but they were popular on a really wide scale, you know, and A Different World was a great example. Uh, that, that show kind of, you know, bridged the gap between the Cosby show and shows like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, you know, those really great early 90s sitcoms. And it's a show that handled adversity really well. Their main character, Lisa Bonet, got pregnant after the first season. In, in real life. In real life. And the show actually wanted to keep her on. They thought it would be interesting to have a have pregnant her. character in college. And Bill, Cos- oh. Bill Cosby was like, yellow pudding bops and filth and flarn. And, yeah, like, you, you can go back and look at a lot of his decisions and go, oh, yeah, that guy's just a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a piece of shit. But they... Once she had to leave, they replaced, they made Kadeem Hardison, who was Dwayne Wayne with those fucking glasses, mm-hmm. and uh, Jasmine Guy, who was uh, Whitley Gilbert. They, they just kind of made them the, the feature characters on the show, and it worked great. They were like, Dwayne Wayne is such a memorable character. Those glasses, who the fuck was wearing those glasses before him? Like, he, he, did, he did that. Yeah, they translated to baseball, didn't they? Ken Griffey Jr. was wearing them. They'd flip them up for the, the sun. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, baseball's had their own version of those right. for a while, but I've, I've never, I've never actually uh, seen the show. Oh, you've never seen a different world? No, it's uh, it's set at a historically black college. One of the first appearances of Marissa Tomei. Oh, uh, she was on the first season, which I know I just said historically black college, but she's that, Italian. That was another interesting storyline that the the writers wanted to keep because there were complaints after the first season that it wasn't an accurate depiction of what life at a historically black college was like. Oh, interesting. And Bill Cosby actually stepped in and was like, you need to make these changes to make this more realistic. And the writers wanted to keep Marissa Tomei because one of them had gone to a black college where there was actually a few white students. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, that was realistic. But they ended up, I don't think she lasted past the first season or two. But yeah, I feel like... Putting a different world on this list is a good way to acknowledge what the Cosby Show did for TV, right? Without, without having to get your hands bloody, right? Sticking up for the Cosby Show. Well, Let's see. much like a, a different world was spinoff on the Cosby Show, your answer was a spinoff, and I think it was, it was good. What? I, I, your answer was also a spinoff. Much like the show itself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, I, I'm actually I'm interested in watching it now because I've never, um, other than the, the name, I, I wasn't very familiar with it. Yeah, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Man, it's got to be some. Probably there's, is. There's someone in Russia I can like give my, you know, trade my social for it. Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some stuff that's just really hard to find. Daniel Soto says 13 minutes. Car on fire. Should we argue for one of her picks? Sure. So we'll, we'll just... Go through it for her. She picked uh, 60 minutes, I believe. <laughs> How shitty would it be if we took Golden Girls? I know. Just, let's talk about Golden Girls All before right. Danielle gets here. I'd table that one. Let's talk about Full House. Sure. Because here's the thing. Fuck Full House. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was that great. That was it, on my list of shows uh, that I didn't want on my list. I made a, a, a list of shows I didn't want. Yeah. Full House was one of them. <laughs> yeah, Full House. Maybe we'll still be shitting on it long enough. Uh, for her to arrive and sure. defend it. But of all the... That was a show that, to me, just had no real... I don't know. It was just so family-oriented. Yeah. Like, it was almost like a Disney show. <laughs> like, there was no edge to it. 
like I guess Uncle Jesse did a little fucking. Sure, but, that was the nature. He had a, he had a, he didn't have a kid like in a couple seasons or something. He got his wife pregnant. Oh yeah, for sure. But then, but no one else was. There was um, there was no other like it was just familial. Love. Yeah, he was the edginess of that show, <laughs> and his favorite band was the fucking Beach Boys. Yikes! So it it wasn't. I don't know. I couldn't get. I could never get behind Full House. I, and then, like a few years later, I saw Bob Saget do stand up, <laughs> and he's all filthy and shit. That's his whole shtick. Is he? It's contrast. His whole bit is just yeah. like I'm not that dad, even though you all know me as him. That's yeah. But the problem is, he's almost more entertaining as the dad. Like my favorite Bob Saget role of all time was America's Funniest Absolutely. Videos. Absolutely, he the was, mo- the was the perfect shit. place for him. On America's Funniest Videos. But Full House, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was just so overbearingly cute. Mm -hmm. And the fucking Olsen twins. And that's so rude. Shut the fuck up and (laughs) do what your dad tells you. He's a single father. Things are rough. Right, exactly. He's got got his his cousin or his brother living with him. Yeah, he's he's taking care of everybody. (laughs) I don't remember. What did he do for a living? Uh, He wasn't a garbage man, but he might as well have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was just love for love's sake. And maybe it says it's not a good thing about, doesn't say a good thing about me, the fact that, like, I, I don't accept love for love's sake. That, it, that <laughs> there's, I'm not going to just, like, take love just because it's like, oh, we have to. It's going to make everybody happy if there's love for love's sake. You know, why not put, like, some terror in it or something? Yeah. Or just add some stakes to it other than, like, we won't have ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And everything, like, the every episode at the end, it all, like, I guess that was kind of a staple of sitcoms, the way everything just sort of wrapped up perfectly at the end of every episode. But it was never, there was just something not even sort of realistic about Full House. Right. Like, they were in San Francisco, and, like, you never saw homeless people. (laughs) Like, I was like, where are the hippies? Like, even at that age, I was like, where are the fucking hippies and... Uh, that house is right across from uh, from a huge park in San Francisco. Like that, yeah. the facade, the the outside of the house you see, that that actual house is right across the street from a huge park. So there would be tons of like vagrants. Yeah, it would have been. You wouldn't have wanted your kids to go outside, probably. I mean, the, it, it it makes sense they all live in the same house because you know, it must have been a tough economy. But uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Or to fight off the vagrants left and right. You just never saw them. They always cover up their cuts with, with long jackets, those 80s jackets. Carolyn Hoshalter says, sitcoms are notoriously artificial, but Full House is so artificial, it makes Splenda look natural. Yeah. That's a, that's a joke I appreciate from the writer of Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything about Full House I liked? I think it was, and I must, I must have been like, I think I was in second grade. But I, I, I think it was just the attractiveness of Jesse's uh, girlfriend uh, slash wife. I think that was the only thing I appreciated yeah, in this show. She was great. And she's still amazing. Mm-hmm. What's her don't, name? Lori Laughlin? Is that, is that it? Her name? That sounds like a real... I, I recognize that as a name. Yeah. You know, a I, real person. I believe that was her. I yeah, couldn't stand the old... Uh, one time, in, in actually, it was in first grade, I got in trouble because I was in line going out the door, as the teachers would do. They'd get in line to test you if you could line up. Yeah. And then I, uh, we were, someone was talking about Full House, and I think I said, I hate Full House, and then I had to go to the back of the line. So that just further <laughs> further cemented my hate of Full House. How could you hate Full House? Yeah, it, it, it was too much. In it, I think someone in the comments also said that it, you know, it like set the tone. F- uh, ben Ziggy Falding. Oh, no, he was talking about something else. Fuck him and Jeff then. <laughs> but I do feel like 
full house kind of blazed a trail that led to shows like Family Matters and shit that mm-hmm. people talk about today. Like, oh, wasn't that a great show? No, not really. <laughs> it was kind of bullshit. Uh-huh. Like the that whole was it Tuesday night? I think it was ABC's Tuesday night lineup. Yeah, that sounds. That right. was all like Full House and Family Matters and just all of this like super saccharine cheesy shit that i hated Mm -hmm. like even as like i couldn't have been more than like nine or ten and even then i was like this is garbage i need i need this to be more real i don't even know what i i I don't even think i knew what real meant but i was like this isn't this ain't living (laughs) this isn't how people live yeah you know people must have like they got off work and they went home and they're like oh my family's not anything like this is it me you know, probably. Yeah, really it was very unrealistic, and it was. You know, we'll we'll talk about another show that kind of really paved the way for this. But the the '80s were. You know, that's when conservatism really ruled this country. Right, Reagan's America. I mean, I guess then and right now, but <laughs> yes. it was. You know, so much, so heavily represented on TV shows, and I think it started like it really started to get annoying near the the end of the 80s and i think there's other shows we'll bring up here that i think not only reflected that really well but were also a reaction to that yeah it's it's like a sappy form of propaganda yeah yeah which i fuck full house is is like is there really like i guess there's a place for it in society i don't want to say there's no place for full house in society yeah i mean it's got (laughs) but of all the 80s shows to get rebooted and brought back on netflix that was the last one I expected to see. Right. Especially after like half the cast started like smoking meth and joining religious cults and shit. Yeah. yeah like it's it, kind of a feat that they got them back together. What does that say about Full House though? That a, like a show full of so much sap kind of destroyed yeah, the yeah. people making it. Yeah. It's like raising your kids too strict. They're going to fucking act up. Is this, is Danielle? I, I swear to God, Danielle just sent me a blank text message. <laughs> yep. Totally blank. Just, you want to look, see that? Totally blind. Wow. But that could mean she's here. (laughs) She has nothing to say now. Let's ask if her blank text message means she's here. Yeah, I think Full House was, it was, when they, when they brought it back, it was a test of how, how much money you can make off nostalgia. They're like, what's the current rate for nostalgia? What are people willing to pay for nostalgia for, for this year? And that was it. I think they made their money back. The guy got plenty of interviews, the, the creator, the writer. Yeah. It's just like okay, well, nostalgia is uh, seven bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. It, it I think, yeah. It, I mean, it had to be nostalgia that brought that show back. <laughs> you know, it was but, like, a, I love those. I love that twist at the end. Yeah, I just, I just don't know who was nostalgic for it. Danielle, I guess, but she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> Even if she just showed up, we should probably move on yeah, so she is. doesn't get to defend herself. <laughs> What's your next pick? Well, I mean, in, in that vein, I guess uh, I would uh, say Family Matters. <laughs> I know what I'm cutting at the end of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. Great pick. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it so far. Uh, well, Family Matters was um, one of the first shows I remember was like, a, it was on after school. I would get home from school and be like Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs, and then it'd be like Family Matters, and then The Simpsons would, two episodes of The Simpsons would come on. Yeah. And so I was like fucking locked into The Simpsons. And Family Matters is always that kind of filler. But it was also where I grew up in Massachusetts. It was my introduction to black people. Yeah, that makes That's, sense. That was it. Was really it uh, until I until I was friends uh, with my friend Greg uh, McManus, and uh, then he was gone after a summer because they moved, 
And then it was back to family matters for me because <laughs> that's where I grew up. But I mean, uh, things about it like have, have like Carl Weathers. Like every time I see, I don't even know that actor's name. Is it Carl Weathers? Uh, that's Reginald Vell Johnson. Okay, damn it. That's Carl a way... Weathers was Apollo Creed. Right, right. But <laughs> I, I always call his is isn't is what's his character's name? Oh, Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. That's it. <laughs> What did I read? <laughs> yeah, you know they don't. Uh, he doesn't look the same at all. That's not even. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, he he's like he's always been. Every time I see Reginald in anything, he's still Carl Winslow. Yeah, I just assume that that he's just like if he's in Die Hard, he's just in a higher level of the police force now. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely that kind of character. Yeah, and even in GTA, there's the there's a black cop in GTA, and he's kind of chubby. I'm like, well, there's Carl Winslow again. He's yeah. everywhere. I just see him. <laughs> What did you think of Steve Urkel as a character? I hated him. Yeah. I hated him. But I also found uh, the older, the sister of the family attractive, so I was willing to put up with it. Yes. I agree. Uh, I don't remember her name. What was her name? Be- was it Becky? I don't know. Sounds, it's, <laughs> sounds like a Becky. No. Uh, uh, but also, Family Matters, like, it kind of disappeared for a while, and then uh, one of my professors was the guy who created Family Matters. Oh, wow. This guy named Bill Bickley, or he goes by William Bickley and all of these. And in the 80s, he was the guy, he used to write for Family Day, uh, Happy Days, and he was like a producer. And then he kept writing for other things. And then in the 80s, he was the guy that the studios went to to make a black sitcom. Oh, yeah. He was a white guy and he had a goatee. So I guess they were like, goatee. <laughs> so, that's, and so he was a guy, he, uh, he created, uh, what, a, what did I say? So there's a white guy who created Perfect Strangers. That's how he got like met his wife. But then Family Matters, Mr. Cooper, and Step by Step. Oh wow! And so uh, he was my professor, and he had some stories. He just told this story about Urkel because you know, like Urkel wasn't in the first few episodes, and then uh, yeah. he came in and everybody he blew everybody away. Yeah, and he said that when they were auditioning kids, and Urkel's uh, uh, the actor who is Urkel. Uh, Jaleel White. Thank you. Thank yeah. you with the names. Vanessa Gritton says Carl Winslow was my Uncle Phil. <laughs> Uncle Phil was your Uncle Phil, goddammit. <laughs> Go on. So I guess uh, B- B- William uh, Bill Bickley told me that Jaleel White just showed up completely dressed in that outfit with the character already figured out. And they were like, well, wow. this, this is the character. And that was it. And that probably explains why he's never been able to do anything else. Yeah. Because he was yeah. like seven when he made that. I've seen him on a few shows since then. Oh, Danielle is here. <laughs> okay. All right. Sh- should I get her? No, I'll go down and get her. We'll just, I guess we'll be back. <laughs> should I do Should I do In a, a minute. Yeah. 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 Do, could you uh, beatbox or. No, like, I certainly can't. Improvise. I'll, I'll have, I'll call Kevin Anderson. And have How him about some freestyle rhymes? Oh, wow. Please. I, I can't Could you spit either. some bars for the people while I go down and get Danielle? Thanks. No. Daniel Soto, you're here. How's it going? I'm okay. How are you guys? Good. Good. Thank you for joining us. Oh, of course. I'm really, really sorry that I'm late. We already covered the Golden Girls. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe you. Oh, that would have been so funny. Why didn't we do it? I know. I probably would have flipped this table over. But you you had uh, Full House 
on your list. Yeah. And we we talked about it. Would you like to say anything good about it? Because it was mostly just me and Matt shitting on it. But you guys I didn't assume, like it. Is that huh? what you were going to do too? No, I liked Full House. I but I was a little girl. Mm, yeah. yeah like how young were you? Mm, I was probably seven, six years old when I watched yeah, that, Full House. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you like, live with your uncle? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> like, are you making a reference to Full House? Yes. Yeah, because yes. there was an uncle on yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a good show. Um, and I like Fuller House. I watch that on Netflix now. I don't know if anyone watches Fuller House. Absolutely not. No? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, I'd probably like this if I was seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it, it was like, I feel like the Olsen twins were a big driving force behind that show it was so wholesome and one yeah. time i remember i was at the copley square mall in massachusetts in boston and i don't know if it was scheduled or she was just there but candace cameron was there i don't i honestly don't remember if it was like a celebrity sighting and i just remember a sea of people and my brother's best friend's mom put me on her shoulders to see if I could see over the crowd <laughs> just to get a good look. And, and you're Candace standing behind Cameron. Bill Russell, so you couldn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's huge. He's a tall guy. <laughs> Bill, um, Russell's, Bill Russell's big? So yeah, I guess that's... What did you guys talk about for your shows? Uh, we have so far covered New Heart, okay. A Different World, great, and Family Matters. Which that you missed that fun part when I was shitting on Full House, I was like, and it led to shit like Family Matters, and then oh, yeah, there was a crossover episode where Urkel shows up on Full House. Oh, really? Uh huh. I, what what happens? Uh, I think he <laughs> messes a bunch of stuff up. Oh, because he actually Stephan- raped someone. <laughs> <laughs> really dark episode. And then he said, "Did I do? Did I do that?" <laughs> and the police were like, "Yes, yeah, you that's did. why Come you're. Ahead. You sure did. That's why you're on trial." Um. He uh, talked Stephanie into wearing her glasses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a, hey, if that's what it takes. What, yeah. a, what a prince Urkel is. <laughs> so uh, I guess we're to my next pick. Yeah. Which I'm going to go with Family Ties. Great. Anyone ever watch Family Ties? Yes. That was the Family Ties was like if the 80s wrote a sitcom about itself. <laughs> like it was 80s, like especially with the. You know how we shifted as a country toward conservatism in the 80s? Mm-hmm. And that show was definitely that. Like, that show literally was that. Because when it started, it was supposed to be about two liberal parents with two piece-of-shit kids. And people really liked one of those piece-of-shit kids. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, you, you should just make the whole show about that. And now, then, next thing you know, it became Michael J. Fox just delivering all of these, like, pro-conservative lines and the two people who played the parents were pissed because they were actual liberals and they thought that this was going to be a show that kind of espoused liberal ideals. And Michael J. Fox was just such a good character. He yeah, took he really that was. fucking show I over. I have a question for you. Are you saying two kids because it originally was two kids? Or are you saying that? Because- yeah, the original idea was oh, okay. because that. Yeah, because then the- Tina Yothers joined. Like she, they didn't. They only had two in the pilot, right? Oh, I didn't know that. I believe so. Because I know that Tina Yothers was on, and then um, Bateman was the other one. Yeah, yeah. And Michael J. And Fox. then they had another kid, like the. Oh yeah, they had is, a little bullshit baby. Yeah, new kid which, on the block. I hate when that happens. Such an eighty sitcom thing to do, though. Yeah, yeah. Which it led to is. the dinosaurs and that fucking baby. <laughs> 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 that fucking baby. 
but yeah, breakout role for Michael J. Fox. Three Emmys in a row for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. And it was just, it, it's out of all the shows, I think, of the 80s, it's the best reflection of what the 80s were like, at least from a political standpoint. And I think that matters. And it was a funny show. It was a well-written show. I laughed at it as a kid. I don't. I haven't watched it since, though. I haven't like gone back and revisited. I love it. Family ties. Are you familiar with the episode "A My Name Is Alex"? I'm not sure. So there's an episode, and in it, Alex's friend dies in a car accident. Oh wow! And his family sends him to a therapist because he's having trouble grieving. And the episode is set in like a theater. It's like a black box theater. Uh huh. And people keep, from his past keep popping in and having scenes with him. And like he plays himself as a young boy, he plays himself as himself. It's like a very different type of episode. Yeah. It's funny, but it will make you cry too. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then there's that speed episode. Yeah, the speed episode was great. <laughs> The episode where Tom Hanks shows up as the drunk uncle. Yeah. And at one point, he pulls a bottle of vanilla extract out of the cabinet and goes, it's not Milla, but it's vanilla. And just slams (laughs) it. I was like, like, even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck? Is that going to get you drunk? Is that going to get me drunk? Should I go drink the vanilla in the kitchen? Would it? Yeah. I don't know. That's why you smell like vanilla today. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It's not Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) But yeah, I thought uh, Family Ties was a fantastic show. That's Good interesting. Choice. They're represented with the 80s. I'd never thought about that, but it makes sense. Yeah, it was, you know, it's probably not a surprise that that show was super popular around the same time Reagan was winning the fucking electoral college 49 states to one. Oh, yeah. He was obsessed with Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Like a yeah. picture of him in his bedroom. Yeah. A lot of conservatives were super duper obsessed with Reagan. It's funny. And uh, yeah, that was a good representation of it. So, Danielle, yeah. it's time for your next pick. Okay. What is it? Or should I make it up? <laughs> I get to choose? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't list them in any particular order. No, you order. don't have to go in any order. Oh, okay. Um, so let's talk about the facts of life. The facts of life. Okay. I lo- Take the good, you take the bad. You, you take, take them both, both, and there you have. The facts of life. Right. So, okay, go on. I love the facts of life because, number one, I don't know if everyone's aware of this, it is, of course, a spinoff off of different strokes. Right. So Mrs. Garrett used to work for Arnold and, and his family on different strokes. And then she started working at an all-girls boarding school at the Facts of Life. And so <laughs> I really like this show because it was female-driven. It was an ensemble cast. You know how I feel about all female ensemble casts. <laughs> And it was up with the times, so it was socially aware. They tackled issues that were pertinent to women in that time. And it was also diverse in that there was a black one. Yeah. Which was Tootie. Kim Fields. Yes. And I just thought it was a really funny show. It always made me laugh. I thought the writing was really strong. There was a lesbian who wasn't a lesbian. (laughs) Joe. Yeah. Yeah, and Blair Warner is a really good character. I think that sometimes women get stereotyped when it comes to comedy into the clumsy yeah. one or the like awkward, like, oops, I spilled everything. And it's these characters like, I'll wait for this, but Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls, but also like <laughs> Blair Warner, who she's like, she uses vanity yeah. to be humorous. And I feel like sometimes people underestimate that. 
Yeah. And how funny it can really be. Yeah. So that's the facts of life. Did you guys watch it? Nope. I did. I watched it a lot as a kid. Did I you think... have a cl- crush on Blair? Yeah. Yeah. I also I like Tootie a lot too, though. Can I say one more thing? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. It was also diverse in terms of body shape. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, it wasn't for thin, tall girls. You know, Natalie was different sized, and then Blair was different sized. Joe was different sized. Tootie was shorter. And I thought it was diverse in that as well. It represented yeah. different women. Yeah, it was a good show. I watched that and Different Strokes a lot as a kid. So, yeah, those are both on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured. Um, whose turn is it? Your turn, right? Oh, I guess it's mine. All right. It's your turn. What's your next pick, Matt? All right. Well, I, I guess we'll go with the one that I took from Danielle. He bamboozled <laughs> it. Uh, cheers. I mean, I don't know if we need to, to uh, yeah. explain this one that much, but uh, so it's set in a bar. <laughs> and everything's in it. Everything's in the bar, which is great uh, for your budget. And yeah, absolutely. You know, like Cliff and Norm were basically like, if you split Archie and Bunker in half, and then, <laughs> you, and then you have a, a, so like such a great ensemble. Uh, it was such a good ensemble that it actually spun off how many shows in the nineties? Like, uh, well, Frasier, Frasier, certainly most Frasier. importantly, then at least two Simpsons episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but Danielle, you wanted, it, and Danielle's reason for wanting it was, I'm from Boston. Well, it's it's our claim to fame. Like, what else do we have except for winning all the time? Right. So, well, okay. <laughs> That's recent. Don't get cocky. It wasn't like that in the '80s. Well, the the Celtics. Yeah, I suppose. I think. I mean, until is... Len Bias died. Am I right? <laughs> I think Cheers is a really good show, despite being from Boston. And uh, I talked to somebody about this. I was like, I guess he. It's a friend of mine, Ken Reed, who has a podcast. He's like, I didn't realize Cheers was a big deal outside of Boston. Oh, really? Like growing up in Boston, it's like, of course, we're all going to love it. But then you go outside and you venture and it's like, no, this is a beloved sitcom everywhere. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was, the, I mean, one of the biggest one of its of its time, basically. It was like, you know, Taxi and then Cheers and then Seinfeld and then. Also, I think Cheers did something unique that wasn't popular in the 80s, which is when a character died, they didn't just replace it with a different actor. Right. You know which, what I yeah. mean? Sometimes that would happen. Like somebody would just like come in and play Aunt Viv who hadn't been yeah. Viv on The Fresh Prince. Um, same with Roseanne. Yeah. They didn't replace the actor coach. They just brought in Woody Harrelson. Right. And it became a different dynamic. Did you know, uh, that actually reminds me of two things. One, have you seen the Grizzly Man documentary? Yeah. Did What's you know that? that guy was supposed to be, like he was second in line for the Woody roll on Cheers. <laughs> really? And instead he got eaten by a bear <gasps> in a Werner Herzog well, documentary. He starred in a Herzog film. That's pretty <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty dope. Oh my goodness. I do think it's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know, it shouldn't be amazing that they decided not to just replace the character with the same character played by a different person. Yeah. That they actually decided to write a little bit and yeah. like they were allowed to do that. I don't know why that w- was such a, a new idea. That's actually what it reminds me of. I went to, speaking of Aunt Viv from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I went to the Spy Museum in Washington, D.C., and they have these little like missions you can go on where they set, push you in a room and a screen comes on and there's like a CIA operative who tells you what you have to do next. And uh, me and my friend Nicole went to this mission at the Spy Museum and we go in the room, and the screen comes up, and the CIA operative is the woman who played Aunt Viv the first time, the first one wow. on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 
So then me and my friend are just looking at each other like, shit, that's what happened to her. <laughs> She's her. in the goddamn CIA now. <laughs> the government. That is so... I had no idea. I forgive everything. Yeah. It so makes funny. perfect sense. Well, she's not dead, so we can't play her as dead in the show. I guess we'll just replace her like we did wow. in real life. That's why they never addressed it. Well, now we know. <laughs> yeah. Fun so, fact. <laughs> but yeah, Cheers, that's a great... I mean, obviously, that's, yeah, a that's just fantastic pick. I've actually just started watching Cheers and Golden Girls again mm. lately. Hey, now. Because Golden Girls is on Hulu again. Yes, they just it is. Or they just put it up on yes, Hulu. Yeah, February 13th. Yeah. Cheers, my favorite... First, I love that so many of them are voices in, like, voice acting, like Toy Story, mm. like you hear yeah. Cliff, like, as the pig, and it's... I don't know. It's just so nostalgic. And also, like, that guy, I mean, you know, knock on wood, he just doesn't age. Some of those actors from Cheers, you see them today, and you're like, God, you were on television 30 years ago. You look exactly the same. My favorite line from Cheers is when Norm's talking about the buffalo. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, so... He's like they're someone like, just Josh King Cliff's Buffalo herd theory is how I justified binge drinking in college. <laughs> yes, yes, it's uh, it, the buffalo are walking across the country, and you know the weakest ones die first. So at the end, it's a stronger group of buffalo. Same with brain cells when you drink. So when you drink, <laughs> the brain cells that are dying are the weakest ones. So that makes you smarter. <laughs> That's Brilliant. The, that's the Buffalo Theory. That was makes that, sense. Who was that, Josh? I don't know. It, it oh, it's gone scrolled now. away Well, now. whoever you are. Right. All right. Yeah, Cheers is a good pick. I think it's my pick next. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I am going to please some sassy baskets in the comments and pick Night Court. Great. Night Court was so fucking good. Did anyone watch Night Court? <laughs> I've watched episodes of Night Court. I didn't consistently watch it. I bought the first season again once I was researching this just to make sure I still like it as much as I did as a kid. And it's so fucking good. Yeah, it's probably better now. Oh, yeah. Night Court is fantastic. Uh, John Larroquette as Dan Fielding is one of the best, not just sitcom characters, just best TV characters. He won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series four years in a row and withdrew his name from the ballot the fifth year because he was going to just keep fucking <laughs> winning because his character was so great. It's amazing. And this someone brought this up in the comments, but you mentioned replacing characters with new characters. They actually, there's a role on Night Court that was like almost cursed where they had this bailiff. Her name was Selma. And I think the actress's name was Selma Diamond. And I don't remember what her name was on the show, but it was also Selma. And I don't know. Is that know the if black lady with the short hair? No. See what happened the first season, there was a first two seasons, there was a Selma. She actually got nominated for an Emmy. She was great. She was a she was super old. She was like in her seventies or eighties. She died of cancer after the second season. They replace her with another like old, gravelly voiced bailiff. She dies of cancer after the third season. And then they solve it in the fourth season. Well, they they replaced her again, but they also, this also came up, did a really cool, like, anti-smoking episode. Was it lung cancer? Because it was lung cancer that killed both of them. No way. And because they were, like, casting an old, like, a really old, like, gravelly-voiced woman who, you know, like, you could tell they had smoked their entire fucking lives but they did that just fucking seamlessly and they finally replaced her with Roz who ended up yeah Roz is who you're thinking of she was on for the rest of the show but all the characters were great Bull Shannon yeah was so fucking 
amazing. He was like eight feet. Tall. I legitimately, I was talking to Caitlin Cut about this today. I legitimately think the hosts of the Unpops podcast could be cast in a reboot of Night Court. I feel like we have all the fucking parts in place. Jeff May would just need to shave his head. He could be Bull Shannon. It would be Chet Wilde is too short to be John Larroquette, but he could do it. Like Someone should write a spec script. I'm you into it. I was it. thinking about it today, and I was like, fuck, we could do this. Definitely. And it, it's, uh, but oh, God damn it, it was such a good show. It, uh, Who would you play? I feel I would have to be the judge because he's the star and uh, it's my fucking <laughs> podcast network. So I don't know. I don't even know what you're asking right now. Uh, Vanessa Gritton, v- Vanessa's Roz, obviously. Mm. She's asking. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to kill two people before we can get Vanessa in Actually, in the third season. Well, we're gonna have to up. kill a couple people of lung cancer. I think but, that's an acceptable loss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were you gonna say something? No, I mean it's kind of like I'm not gonna be able to recall it very well. But before the internet, they had like, I guess, phone. Online dating, like what do you call that? Like before there was online dating, it's like you call a magazine, a matchmaker, like I not like a matchmaker, a dating service, like a dating service. Yeah, I guess. And so there's an, an episode where Roz is talking on the phone or writing back and forth with this guy, and they have a lot in common. But she sends the curly headed girl, like the little one. Uh huh. Do you know who I'm talking about on the show? Kind of, yeah. Okay, so anyways, she goes on the date. It's very wacky. Turns out the man sent another person on the date as well. And Roz and him are at the bar chatting, and they have no idea that they both did that. So. Wacky. It's something Vanessa that's, would do, don't you think? Oh, so <laughs> does, That sounds so like Vanessa. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's where I was going with that. So Night Court, that's my next pick. Danielle, what's your next pick? Well, I think naturally, since we just talked about Facts of Life, I think we can um, go over different strokes now. Different strokes. Okay, here's the thing about different strokes that I think differentiates from a lot of the sitcoms that we've talked about. There was an iconic catchphrase. Wait, it's, we have a, a comment. Vanessa is dying to know who she was in Night Court. We already said Roz. 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 Jesus. <laughs> Quit interrupting us. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. There was an iconic catchphrase. And like, yes, true with Full House. Not true with Cheers. Norm! Yeah. But go on. Oh. Also the sound of beer. <laughs> I don't know if that... The sound of beer... <laughs> You guys are stretching. But there was What You Talking About Willis, which to this day is asked all over the world. <laughs> well, especially yeah. when people are looking for... for or, no, I was talking to Willis. Never yeah. <laughs> it was a great cast. Dana Plato, Todd Bridges, Conrad, who was on Maud before that with yes. B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan from the Golden Girls. Yeah. Are you into the Golden Girls? Kinda. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, of course, fucking Gary Coleman. Of course. Yeah. What a cursed cast they were. Yeah. Rough times. Totally. After that. Dana Plato committed suicide. Yeah. Todd Bridges is... Um, Which was Howard Stern's fault. Go on. Oh, haven't you ever heard, like, the, the right... Right previous to her committing suicide, she did an interview on Howard Stern that was just fucking batshit insane. And they shouldn't have had her on. Like, she wasn't in her right mind. Hmm. And they made her look like a crazy person. I didn't know And this. she killed herself, I think, that night. I, I, mean, I don't know if that episode even ever 
aired. How but wasn't you, it live? How do you know yeah. about it? Yeah, it's there was a, a TV. Show. There was a TV movie about different strokes, and, then, and specifically about Dana Plato. I'm gonna look that up later and just see if the interview is online somewhere. Yeah, I, admit, I mean, come on, it's the internet, so it's got to be somewhere. But um, that's really spooky. <laughs> Tom Lamar says the spinoff of Different Strokes was Cops. <laughs> oh, I thought it. I thought it. Well, I, I thought uh, I made a note saying that uh, different strokes and Webster led to Muggsy Bogues. That was <laughs> sort of the, the sports people out there. Dana. Why would you leave That's Spud Webb out of that? Well, I should have. Damn it! I should have said Spud Webb. God damn! Because I was a Muggsy Bogues fan. I, yeah. Uh, I have a friend whose last name is Webster, and she posted something on Facebook like, "These days, kids don't use dictionaries, so I can't say to people like like the dictionary." Oh and yeah. And I was like. Does Emmanuel Lewis still <laughs> still resonate? Uh, she was, I don't even know if she got it. <laughs> I think the parents on the thread enjoyed it. We got it. All right. Do you have anything else to add? About um, that? I agree. That's a great pick. That was a show I was obsessed with. Dudley getting molested. Need I say more? The Bicycle Man. My <laughs> that was a great episode. I loved the episode where Dudley started wetting the bed. Oh. And Arnold is getting really resentful because they, they take Dudley to a psychiatrist and they're like, you just need to show him more attention. And they're at dinner and everyone's being super attentive to Dudley. And Arnold all of a sudden goes, what's a guy got to do to get a biscuit around here? Pee his chair? I was like, oh, that was harsh, Arnold. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But at the same time, give him a goddamn biscuit. He's Arnold. <laughs> He's the reason this show's working. Yeah. I think, was Facts of Life the only spinoff from that? I don't remember. I think that's it. Probably. All right. Well, write in if you can think of another. <laughs> Please. All right. That's a good pick. Thank you. And we are on to your next pick, right? Yes. This is uh, number four. I'm going to go with uh, It's Gary Shanley's Show. I have never seen that. I have never seen that. It is fantastic. If you like shows that are about the show being about the show, then this is the show about the show about the show for you. I'm already out, (laughs) but go on. Basically, so Gary Gary Shandling made a show, and during the show, he talks to the audience about the show. Like the Muppet show. Kind of. So like, he comes out, and for instance, like the theme to Gary Shandling's show goes like this. This is the theme to Gary's show, the theme to Gary's show. Gary called me up and asked me if I would write this theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? <laughs> How do you like the theme to Gary's show? We're almost at the part of, the, 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 of where I start to whistle. Then we'll watch It's Gary Shandling's show. And that's the theme song. So then Gary comes out into his house, and he talks to the audience, and he goes, hey, well, you know, this is what we're going to do today. And uh, then a scene will start. And they're like, people who come in, yeah. and they'll be like, oh, it's bright in here. They're like, oh, you're on TV. And they'll come in and they'll do a scene. And for instance, um, one of the ones I was watching to remember was this uh, episode 10 in season one where Gary comes out and he, ta- and he meets with like a, a psychic comes in and tells him what's going to happen in the episode, basically. Yeah. And Gary's like, his friend, his friend is going to go on a date with a guy she, who's going to scare her and like frighten her. So Gary's like, well, I'll just meet him in the cafe before that. And so then he just walks through the set, out of the set, <laughs> into the other set and meets with the guy. And the guy gets set off, and he throws something against the wall. And Gary's like, "This, I, okay, I'm not gonna." He was supposed to go fishing with his 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 uh, his cousin and his his, his nephew. Uh huh. And he's like, "I can't go fishing. I'll just we'll cut those scenes out. I'll just stay at the house." And so he just adjusts the entire show as it's happening, just to fit whatever story <laughs> he's trying to write. 
And like the people will come out and say, this is the, all right, this is scene two. And he's like, no, no, this is scene three. So it's just like completely self-referential and, and meta in a way that was was completely groundbreaking and never seen before at that time. Do you know how many seasons it ran? I think it was four seasons. Half a season, actually. <laughs> Half a season. <laughs> it was just that one episode I talked about. <laughs> Sounds really good. I want to check it out. Yeah, Rob Brown in the comments says, I loved It's Gary Shandling's show. If you didn't have Showtime, you never knew it existed. Yeah, that, there that it is. It. Mm. <laughs> I didn't have Showtime as a kid. It, it's on Hulu now, I think. Uh, but but actually, uh, a lot of the episodes you can find just like just Google Gary Shandling show and stream, and you'll find it. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting pick. I like it. Well done, Matt. Well done, Matt. Well, great. We'll see you guys later. Well done, Matt. <laughs> Boo. Adam, what's your next one? My next pick. This is a sentimental favorite. Alf. Okay. Alien I have, life I have, form. I have things to talk about. A L F. Better known as Gordon Shumway. That was Alf's real name. Alf was, it was a show that was equal parts funny, but also massively depressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That alien was going through some shit. (laughs) His planet had just been destroyed. He was living with a cat that no one would let him eat. (laughs) And like the culture shock, just everything and I thought it was really great that they actually expressed that. It wasn't just, oh, a wacky alien came to the planet. It's like, oh, sometimes that alien's really sad because in, his entire race died in a nuclear war. Like there's an episode where he tries to contact the president to get him to end the nuclear arms race. Like it was such a great because the, the, this was, you know, late 80s at that point in the Cold War where it was really tense, where, like, dying in a nuclear blast was all we were thinking about. And this was a show that kind of handled that in a really interesting and not heavy-handed way. And it was just – it was a funny show. It was a well-written show. And it was also, if if you look into it – like the things that went into making that show happen, like they had to build a special stage with all these trap doors in it. All the actors fucking hated each other because <laughs> the show was a nightmare to film. <laughs> but you wouldn't know that by watching it because it was so well done and so funny and so well written. And it was like I feel I would. It's a show I wish lasted longer. The executives that canceled it even at one point kind of admitted they they let it die a little too soon. Oh. But I thought Alf was it was it was a better show than I think uh, people remember, or probably not as silly of a show as people remember. Did you watch it, Matt? No, no. But he kind of Alf sounds like if Superman didn't have powers. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> just like they're like, what do we do? You're just nothing you could ever. Yeah. he was ugly. <laughs> he was ugly. He was just there yeah. and like in the way and sad sometimes. And but the family still took care of him right. and you know like protected him. And there's a like there's a really uh, sweet episode where there's a family member who shows up who's who's blind. She's actually a recurring character who never realizes that Alf isn't human. Oh, because he's uh, she just knows he's short and hairy, but you know he's so good at interpersonal communication with humans that it's never like if you be like. And I like the message of that. Like he's he was he was a very human alien with very human emotions and i th- just thought it was a sweet show um i have a question is jeff may watching this right now is jeff may watching no it, oh jeff may has a show tonight so oh, no. okay so um 
Christmas 2014. Oh boy, <laughs> this is fun already. I didn't have anyone to hang out with because I'm Jewish and because I didn't have that many friends yet, I guess, because I had just moved here like, you know, in June of 2014. So Jeff and I was like, I'll hang out with you. We went to Santa Monica Pier. We rode the roller coaster. He hated it. We ate funnel cake. We went to his house. We picked up a DVD. We went to my house. We got in the hot tub, not romantic, not like intimate, just friends, got in the hot tub and watched Alf, the Christmas special, <laughs> where the girl has AIDS. Are you familiar? Yeah, yeah. This girl has AIDS. We're in a hot tub on Christmas. Yeah, the Alf Christmas special is bleak. Yes, it's so sad. And it's like way longer than you're supposed to be in a hot tub for. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like horribly dehydrated. We wa- Oh, and Jeff ran into the hot tub with his cell phone in his pocket. <laughs> well, he was excited to see the Elf. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then uh, afterwards, um, we fell asleep on the couch watching Batman. Nice. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, that's my only like Alf experience memory. Is the, that the Alf? That's not a bad representation of what Alf was. It's like it was a, a guy with a cabin, and then someone wants to buy the cabin, and it's like sad because the man's old; he doesn't have family, and yeah. then he, there's a girl with AIDS. Who's there like, was oh. also an Alf uh, cartoon that was also just dark as shit. Like ever, like what the hell? It's yeah. I mean, it's a heavy story. It's just there's a furry alien running around, so you don't really good, notice. Good pick. Yeah, good I'm, pick. I'm into it. Aw, Jennifer Fendelander says I totally had an autographed photo of Alf. Wait, who autographed? Did Alf autograph? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's probably worth something. I want an autographed photo of Alf. That's I can fantastic. autograph this photo. Of Alf. Where, do you think, where do you think Alf is right now? Uh, <laughs> his planet. Hopefully on a on a rebuilt Melmac. Ideally, back with his people. Eating cats. Let's all pray that. In the Melmac Orbit Guard. Is that what that is? That's why he wasn't on the planet when it blew up. He was in the Melmac Orbit Guard, so uh, he was up okay. in the sky. So there must be other Melmac then. Or, I mean, Alfians? What are they? Melmacians? Yeah, there's other uh, Melmacians running around. Was he? Like, he had a girlfriend who was somewhere out there in the uh, universe, like, which all made the story all the more sad Yikes. because it's not just that his planet got destroyed, it's that it got destroyed, but he knows some of his loved ones lived but there's nothing he can do to get to him until he fixes his ship so he's Jeez. a refugee yeah pretty much wow look at that I was that a jim henson creation i don't think so no because the guy who created alf also voiced him oh okay and he's like one of the reasons the show had to be canceled because that guy apparently this guy like didn't like rehearsing <laughs> He would rehearse just with his hand and then would show, and Alf took like four people to operate. Oh my God. And this guy was just like, ah, we'll wing it. (laughs) So he was Alf. Yeah, he basically was Alf. Yeah, I forget the guy's name, but he was apparently a super asshole. Okay. A studio lot closet. Oh, Kira Lusby. That's where she says Alf is. A studio lot lot closet. Take it back. What's his planet? (laughs) Merrimack? (laughs) Merrimack. That's where we got Merrimack University. (laughs) Sorry. That's dopey. Okay. Uh, Danielle, what's your next pick? My. Is this. Next. Is this our last pick? Pick? No, I have two more. Okay. It's my last pick. It's the next one. Oh, I have two more. Oops. But that's okay because it'll end on me. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, You're right. Okay. So my next pick is Punky Brewster. (laughs) That's a good pick. Thank you. So this is the pick that I 
picked when Matt picked my pick of Cheers. That's a lot of picking. That's a yeah. That's a mouthful. So. I wanted Cheers, but that's okay. I gave it to Matt, and I picked up Punky Brewster, which in all honesty, it was my favorite show. Like When I was yeah. in first grade, I had a pen pal, Chris Kwan, and he was in another classroom. It was like different <laughs> classroom <laughs> pen pals. And I wanted to tell him my favorite television show is Punky Brewster, but I didn't know how to spell Brewster, so I just wrote Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I just lied. Because I didn't know how to spell Punky Brewster. But she was my favorite. I used to wear different colored socks and shoes. So if you don't know, Punky Brewster is the story of a girl whose mother abandons her in a grocery store parking lot or maybe a mall. But it's a parking lot. Yeah. Like just goes inside and never ever comes out. So she's with her dog, Brandon, and she sneaks into like an apartment building and she's sleeping in the stairwells and she like finds her way into a vacant apartment. And the landlord or super is this guy, Henry, Mm -hmm. and he discovers her there. And he's like, we obviously have to call the authority. (laughs) You know, we have to find you a find your mother. And she just trusts him. She's very witty. She's very, very like these jokes just come out of nowhere because it's like this little tiny girl. And she's got all this energy and punky power, if you will. And she ends up living with Henry, and he keeps her and keeps Brandon. And it's a hilarious show about a little girl in a very old, you know, kind of, what am I looking for? It's Stodgy. Stodgy? Sure. Stodgy man. <laughs> and uh, it's just really amusing and sweet. And uh, she has a best friend named Cherry who lives with her grandmother. So I think it sort of reaches kids of a different family background. Yeah. It wasn't that, like, family matters you know, uh, you have the mom and the dad, and this one here picking family matters. Yeah, the, nu- the nuclear family, <laughs> yeah, and like you know, full house. It was still you had a parent, yeah. Um, but here it was like, well, what if you're not related to your guardian? So yeah, I think it spoke to a different audience, and me too. And uh, it was based in Chicago, so that was a big selling point for me because I grew up in Illinois. There you go. Yeah. And they uh, did episodes about drugs. Which yeah, is very funny. They did episodes about getting locked in a refrigerator and how to perform <laughs> <Jesus>. CPR. <laughs> yeah, um, Brian Dean just said, "Didn't someone get locked in a refrigerator?" Jerry on did show? <laughs> get locked in a refrigerator, and then somebody had to give her CPR. And it wasn't—I don't know. I feel like shows like Full House went more into like the drunk driving, smoking cigarettes, kind of like yeah issues of the time. But it wasn't that heavy. But like it, it grazed them. And Nancy Reagan was a big fan of the show because they went on the Just Say No campaign together. Oh, yeah. Just say no to old fridges. And then Sole Moonfry got big old jugs. Yeah, she did. she couldn't play Bunky Brewster anymore because her boobs were out of control. And she was on an episode of Saved by the Bell with big boobs. And then she got a breast reduction and joined the cast of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, Did she have to that. get that to join the cast? I don't know. Because <laughs> the way it was worded, it kind of sounded... <laughs> no, I don't think so. That okay. would be a little outrageous. Okay. Yeah. I wonder about, like, people who write shows like that, like, was one of them walking through, like, an old alleyway, and they're like, oh, remember when we were kids, we were told not to get in those fridges? I'm like, oh, I got an idea for a whole episode. I got it. They actually killed someone in a fridge to see. <laughs> we want it to be realistic. Put That's a kid in there and an adult. I <laughs> learned a lot. That's a good pick. Thank you. I was a big fan of Punky Brewster. Loved uh, Punky that Brewster. That hit me right at the right time. I think that premiered like 85 or 86. So I was like seven or eight. 
These are all the shows for me were like in that when I was like s- between seven and ten. I think she was like a fashion icon for little. Yeah, girls she really too. was. She had the vest. The she pins. dressed like TLC. Yeah, she did. I'm surprised she didn't have a condom in her glasses. <laughs> that would have been. What about your friends? They're in refrigerators. <laughs> oh, that's a good pick. Thank you, Matt. All right, so uh, with my last one here, I've uh, tried to put this off as long as I can, but I've been found out as somebody who doesn't watch that many 80s sitcoms. But but the topic was favorite 80s sitcoms, and so I've actually only seen like two episodes of Roseanne. Oh. oh. But my my brother and uh, my sis, uh, and his wife, uh, Katie, uh, my sister-in-law, they swear by it, and uh, I, I'm going to read what Katie is uh, brilliant. Uh, she has a master's degree, and she's very smart. Wow. So, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm building it up here, all right? Hi, Katie. Katie, <laughs> shout out. So uh, uh, this is what she wants to say. She says, Roseanne was a revolutionary on two counts. One, in its own right, is a sitcom about a working-class matriarchal family in which women generally run things, and still everyone loves and respects each other. Two, in its context as, context as a constantly embattled number one sitcom, and often two or three, Etc. Vying with the Cosby Show and then Seinfeld and then Shudder Home Improvement. Those were her words. <laughs> As such, it was a woman helm show with a majority female leads. The Connor household is Roseanne, Dan, their two daughters, one son, Roseanne's sister, etc. A majority of problems that would never have been featured on its competition. Frequently, Roseanne and Dan lost jobs, worried about bills, had to quit jobs due to union issues, working conditions, harassment. And then the final season, this is fascinating to me. Roseanne, in much ways, is a fully postmodern de- deconstruction of the show itself. As well as its content, yeah, they yeah. win the lottery, and suddenly they they become much more like the families on other shows. Ultimately, is revealed that this was all a story written by Roseanne, the character, as a way of coping with the death of her husband Dan. Yeah, yep. No show did class issues in quite the same way that Roseanne, yet still ma- managed to be funny, engaging, and relatable as any of his competitors. Yeah, that last season of Roseanne was insane. Yeah, but yeah, that's a good, that's a great pick. Roseanne was one of my favorite shows. As a kid, I watched that shit religiously. Yeah, I don't think there was like ever a bad episode. I think you can turn it on at any point in any season, except for the last one because it gets like it gets non sequitur with the other seasons. But you can turn it on anywhere and enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Also, like how the Golden Girls—not <laughs> to bring it about me—but they let people know that you could still be sexually active at a certain age. You know, your sex life doesn't stop. I think that Dan and Roseanne did that for A, people of a different body type, and B, people of a certain family dynamic. You know, like, they had such demanding schedules because they both had to work full-time to support their family. But, like, you could tell these two, they fucking get it on. Like, for real. Like, these two are still very much in love and very much sexually active, and I think that was very cool. Yeah. What's my last pick? Married with children. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Make it number one. <laughs> because goddamn was that a great show. Mm-hmm. The first sitcom ever on Fox, still their longest-running sitcom, unless you count The Simpsons, but like their longest-running live-action sitcom. I think it ran for 10 seasons. Edgy as fuck. Like, it was... I felt like it was kind of a reaction to that Cosby show, like Family Matters, kind of mm-hmm. like the, the that long line of really family-friendly sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here comes Married with Children. And it was, it was the kind of show that people started campaigns to try and get it canceled, which no one knew about the Streisand effect back then. Oh, it just right. made it so much more popular. 
But the things people got uh, up in arms about, if you if you go back and look at it, it's not just that they portrayed sex, but they would like portray homosexuality, but not really in so much that they were making fun of it, just that they were acknowledging that it's a thing that exists in society, and some people like that's that's just how some people work, and that was the thing that people were like, I don't know about that. Like, like they were comfortable with people being gay and people hated that back then mm. because that's when just mentioning gay people at all was still very taboo. And it just, you know, it was such a departure from everything else that we had been seeing at that time. I think, you know, Roseanne was close in that edginess and like really depicting more of what an actual family looks like. But Married with Children was just so over-the-top funny and... Al Bundy is such an amazing guy. Everyone, like that family, all of those characters were great. Even the dog. Yeah. Like, remember the dog would mm-hmm. talk shit about the family and then it dies and gets reincarnated as the dog that they bought to replace the dead dog. I so it's just like, oh, fuck. And mm-hmm. yeah, every character on that show was great. Right. It was, it was funny. It was on forever for good reason. And uh, married with children. That is my number one. I have so much to say. Can I go? Can I do it? Can I do <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, Okay, go. so Married with Children was going to be one of my picks. The reason that I didn't go with it was because, to me, it just, uh, while it did premiere in the 80s, it felt so 90s. It yeah. feels like such a 90s show. Like, we talk about different strokes, facts of life. It just didn't, like, when you list those shows, um, you know, it just... I feel like it was more 90s. Yeah. That's how I felt but about it. But it did premiere... It, so. it, it premiered a year after ALF. Yeah. ALF so, premiered in 86. 100%. And the, so... You yeah. can't fault it for No, and being I good. just No, I totally I'm glad you picked it. I'm glad it got on, yeah. on someone's list. I remember I watched this show about it. It must have been like True Hollywood Story or something like that. But the executives met with the creators and they're like, "Okay, we're going to go forward with the show, but there's one thing we want to talk about like these characters, they have to love each other. Like they can be mean, yeah. they can pick on each other, but they have to love each other." And the creators said, "No." <laughs> no, we're yeah, not, we're not going to do that. And I think that's the difference between Roseanne and Married with Children is that yeah, the characters yeah, on Roseanne sure. genuinely love each other so much. And the characters on Married with Children can really take or leave each other. Yeah. Although when anyone messed with them from outside of the family, yeah. they did team up. Yeah, they would rally up. together. Exactly. I also feel like, yes, it was a very sexist show in its content, but it gave two of the most brilliant female comedic parts. Yeah. Peggy and Kelly were both so different, but so incredibly funny. And Peggy really kept up with Al, like pit, tit for tat. Like he would say yeah. something, she'd come right back. Yeah, she was. they were both so great. Yeah, it was like watching a tennis match. Yeah. Um, so that's an incredible part of the show. The fashion, obviously, like a lot of people know this about me. If I'm going shopping and I find something that looks like Fran Drescher or Christina Applegate would wear (laughs) in the 90s, it's coming home with me. Nice. That's 100% where I get my influences. I love the show. I love the episode that got banned where they're like, they they have the videotape. Yeah. And they can't prove that they actually had, I'm explaining it bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, the lost episode that finally aired in like 2002. Yeah. Because that, that episode was supposed to air at the height of all of the letter writing campaigns to cancel the show. And it was a show about them like uh, both like they find a sex tape 
that their neighbors did, and then they decide to make their own sex tape, and they try to like sue the hotel, and it's an insane fucking episode. Yeah, but they can't prove that they actually had sex because it happened too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculously funny. Yeah, it's such a good show. It I feel like shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia owe a lot mm. to Married with Children for that same thing you said. The, like That's a show where you never really get the sense that these characters like each other until it really comes down to it and then like it it comes out and it shows but for the most part they're just like fuck you i'm just going to do what i need to do to get ahead and it was i think a, a lot of shows that kind of have that dynamic now owe it to married with children cuz that's a thing that wasn't really seen on tv up to that point right it's it's interesting how um, cuz we when we first started this we, we a lot of the shows were from the early 80s and then it's almost like these shows are a response to the happy-go-lucky, perfect yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Like, what would happen if if a picture of Reagan showed up in Married with Children or Roseanne? It, it wouldn't. It would. It would not yeah. have nearly yeah. the same weight. Right. That, that they held it there. Into. Also, Jefferson Darcy is just yeah, such an attractive man, <laughs> such a funny character, like the narcissistic, vain man who's married to a really uh, annoying woman. Good pick, Adam. Good pick, Adam. <laughs> All right, Danielle, oh, what's your me? last pick? Oh, me? Oh, my? So I'm going to try to get through this without crying. <laughs> my yeah, what are you going to pick? I'm so... I'm going to pick a show called The Golden Girls. Oh. It's about four women who live together in a house in Miami, and it's just about their lives, and there is uh, one that's a slut, and there's one that's kind of dopey sweet, and there's one that's uh, kind of the straight man, but still hilarious. And then there's the old lady. And that's what the show's about. And I think it was the best show that's ever been on television in any genre, um, in any time period. Wow. <laughs> Forever. So, <laughs> you feel very strongly about this. Past, present, and future. It is a fantastic show. It's a really so good show. So well written. Um, the reason I like the Golden Girls so much is because the writing is so incredible. The acting is incredible. They picked the four perfect actresses to oh, play yeah. the parts that they were playing, um, which is funny because in the pilot episode, they were asking Betty White to read for the part of Blanche, and they were asking Rue McClanahan to read for the part of Rose. And they had both just come off of shows where they played similar characters to that, like Sue Ann Niven's on Mary Tyler Moore was what they called the neighborhood nympho. So for Betty White to go and play another horny woman, she was like, I kind of just did that. And then Rue McClanahan had played Vivian on Maude with B. Arthur and was kind of a dopey, like, ooh, kind of naive. So they switched the parts. And I don't think the show would ever have been the same had they proceeded otherwise. They tackled issues um, that were way ahead of its time. Dorothy had a brother who was a Mm cross-dresser. Blanche had a brother who was gay. Sophia was in a nursing home that didn't have correct regulations. They had characters who were HIV positive come on. I could go on. I mean, just they tackled so many issues that were so far ahead of its time and kept it funny consistently. Yeah. It was a very heartwarming show. It's the perfect show. If it were a man, <laughs> the things I would do wow. to the Golden Girls. Wow. Yeah. That's a good pick. And George Clooney was on an episode. 
Yeah, I thought he was. Man, every... Wasn't he on Facts of Life at one point, yeah. too? Well, yeah, he was a recurring on that, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And, um, God, he's been around forever. What, yeah. uh, Quentin Tarantino was also on an episode of The Golden Girls where he played a non-speaking Elvis Presley impersonator. A lot of murders on that episode. <laughs> Bloodiest episode of Golden Girls by far. Squirting blood out of Elvis's pelvis. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's my pick. Did you guys want to tell me how much you like the Golden Girls now? Well, I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I get when your main characters are old women, that gives you more of a license to talk about things that you might not be comfortable talking about. That's with. absolutely right, Matt. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Absolutely correct. Well, I'm done then. <laughs> a plus. Yeah, it was a great show, but I'm also here to win. So no, I'm not just going to talk up the fucking Golden Girls. I mean, right now. Go ahead. No, you know you want to. No. Do you, I mean, do you want to talk about Night Court for a while again? <laughs> do you want to hear my favorite line from the Golden Girls in any episode, in sure. any season? Okay, so it's an episode called 72 Hours. And in this episode, Rose gets a letter from the hospital saying that the blood transfusion she had got may have contained HIV antibodies. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so anyways, for three days, she doesn't know if she has HIV or not. So that's what she's struggling with. And they go to the hospital so that she could do another blood test. And she's sitting in the waiting room, and she goes, I haven't been this nervous since the only volcano in St. Olaf threatened to erupt. Luckily, some Druid priests were coming through, and they said they could stop the volcano by sacrificing the town's dumbest virgin. I don't know why I raised my hand. (laughs) I think it's the perfect line of any sitcom ever. That's a good line. Sacrifice. The dumbest virgin. <laughs> and she volunteers. I, I can't believe how funny that is. Yeah. I'm going to throw up. It's so good. Do oh, it. God. Throw up. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I would make the noises, but they can see me. You can do it off, <laughs> do it off camera. <laughs> All right. So now we, we get to the point. You weren't here when I explained the rules. Oops. But uh, what we do now, now that we have all our picks out, we each get to kick two off the list. We go around. What do you mean? From our own? It doesn't have to be. No, you can be from anyone's. Just there's the list uh, on the screen. And uh, you can kick. We each get to kick two off. We do it one at a time. Oh, whoa. Okay. And uh, <laughs> what, uh, what order should we go in? Should we? Danielle went last. So who should... Danielle, go ahead. Yeah, kick one off the list. So we're competing. So I have to pick something good from one of your lists. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, you want... We're trying to build the best list. You oh. don't want to like... Ki- like if you kick fucking Night Court off, the room is going to erupt into violence. <laughs> okay. Like you want... Like you're legitimately looking for stuff that you think isn't the strongest. I'm going to go with New Heart. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Matt. Uh, full house. Full house. Yeah. All day. Mistakes. This is easy so far. Mistakes. Mistakes. Oh, wait. Well, we do get to save one at the end, so I will put those. Oh, it gets like the wild card? Back down here. Are we the playing wild. singled out? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> what am I going to kick off? This is hard. It's Gary Shandling's show. Oh, is gone. Wow, that's okay for me. It's too. Yeah, well, now it's gonna oh. get. I think because not not many people had the opportunity to watch it. Yeah, yeah I think you know I didn't have Showtime, so I n- I didn't get to see it. And if I didn't get to see it, how good can it be? <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, if it didn't 
I'm pretty awesome, and the things I watch tend to be awesome with me. So if Gary didn't make the effort to find Adam, yeah, yeah, <laughs> doesn't deserve to be on the list. Put in a little extra effort. All right, this is going fast. I like it. What's your next pick or next uh, cut, Daniel? See, it's tougher now because yeah. there's nothing but good shit on yeah. that list. You know, I didn't. I I think I should toss something that just I haven't seen. Is that unfair? Cheers. You're going to kick cheers off? Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't kick. No. I've never seen a different world. Oh, is it because you hate black people? Oh, oh, did I take that off because <laughs> it was black people? That's not the same at... Oh, that was is... the Cosby Show spinoff oh. where they went to college. Oh. All right. Matt, what's the next thing you're kicking uh, off the list? Uh, Punky Brewster. No! Are you crazy? <laughs> I, uh, none, of, none of her fashion looked good on me. So I, I just, you don't know till you try, man. Who says I didn't try? <gasps> Punky Brewster. That's I, tough. I, I don't like this. Might... Look at this list. What the fuck am I going to kick off this list? Easy answer. Family matters. Okay. Yep. Fuck you, Steve Urkel. <laughs> I agree with that. So so that leaves us. Is there anything on the, the list of stuff we've cut that we think deserves to be saved? I personally, I know I can't be the one to save it, but I feel like a different world deserves a spot on this list just because it like it's the closest we're going to get to giving the cosby show the credit it deserves without actually giving credit to the cosby show. right right there you go back to that it's yeah. like a safe way <laughs> to acknowledge what the cosby show did for television without also paying credit to uh heinous rapist right it's like but the, the different world was like the spinoff that cosby wasn't on it was just the like lisa bonet went to college and I feel like it deserves a spot, but yeah, it's th- fine. There's some metaphor there where it's like the offensive line of the Buffalo Bills or something yeah. instead, of, instead of OJ. But if we don't want to save anything, I would. We, I we would, don't. We don't have to. Uh, it, it's, you guys are not going to vote for it again. But I like Full House. I think. It, okay, nothing's getting <laughs> saved. That's that. Nothing's getting saved. All right, so talk amongst yourself while I make the poll. What, what was uh, what were a couple ones that didn't make your list that you you were like, ah, it's just no room for. Yeah, in all honesty, I wanted Family Ties. Oh, Three's Company. Yeah, was that how? Didn't that start like deep in the seventies? Oh, it might have. I'm I think that sure. only made it to like eighty three. Oh, I loved Three's Company. Yeah, Three's Company. It was, was good. a really really funny show. Um, do you, have you done ninety sitcoms for this yet? No, not yet. Can I come back? Of course. <laughs> I have so many 90s sitcoms. Oh, you're that plugging I love. Your, your next appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next time Danielle Soto will be joining us to talk about The Nanny and Boy Meets World. Matt, what did you leave off your list? Um, Murphy Brown. Oh, oh, yeah. Really good one. Murphy Brown would have been a good one. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I felt like uh, as a kid, I was like, she could take me in a fight. This would be. I'd, Candace Bergen, I, 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 I think I, she could. Uh, she had like a nice strong jaw. Yeah. And she, she um, uh, made that uh, short hair attractive. I enjoyed it as a child. You know what? Too? Also, also she was a lawyer. Yeah. Did she have short hair? For some of it, not all of it. I don't remember that. I remember just maybe just imagining an older picture of her. I was a big it fan of Murphy head. Brown. That was a good. Show. I loved Murphy Brown, and um, nobody picked designing women. Mm, yeah. Designing women. Oh, the poll is up, by the way. If people want to go vote, I will go do that now. And if either of you want to join the group, I can add you so you can vote. Well, are you going to vote? 
I'm going to vote, yeah. <laughs> but if I you guess I should vote. It's huh? up to you. You don't have to. But I'm definitely going to. What's, um, what's, uh, what's the, the 90s sitcom you were thinking of, of talking about? 90s sitcoms? Yeah. The Nanny, uh, Boy Meets World. Those are my top two. And then probably like Just Shoot Me, Friends. Um, Friend, what? I've never heard of Friends. <laughs> it's about a group of people. Is that the full title? Yep. It's uh, it's about a group of four white people who don't have jobs yet live uh, amazing lives. You're going to have to narrow <laughs> way down if we're talking 90s sitcoms. It was on for 75 years. Oh, Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot about Seinfeld. Um, I was going to call Saved by the Bell the full house of the 90s. Yeah, I almost <laughs> wanted Saved by the Bell started too late in the 80s. It was 80s. like 89. For, for this, but Saved by the Bell would have made my list for sure. It wasn't a... Oh, what about um, Good Morning, Miss Bliss? Mm, no. No? <laughs> no, I'll pass. Do you know what Miss Good that Morning, Bliss That was like Ms. the Bliss? prequel... I'm familiar. I've never watched it. ...to Saved by the Bell, right? Right, yeah. yeah. It was when Saved by the Bell was a Disney show, and then it got bought by uh, NBC, I suppose. Our standing right now, Married with Children in the lead, Cheers, number two. This is garbage. Night Court, number three. <laughs> Alf, number four. Golden Girls, number five. What? You guys are sexist. <laughs> oh. How many do I pick? Just one? You can pick as many as you want. Uh, no votes for different strokes. That's surprising. Uh, okay. What? I just clicked it. Now what do I do? <laughs> Third Rock from the Sun was a 90s sitcom. Travis Long. Do I do anything else after this? Uh, what do you mean? I just clicked the thing. Yeah, you just vote. But it. I didn't hit submit or post or anything. I don't think that. I don't think you do. Okay. Now I just. <laughs> okay. Matt, did you get in? To uh, vote? I, I haven't yet. I. Uh, well, <laughs> you are dead to me. Okay. Well, I guess I'm dead to you. I. Uh, I. I don't have. I, I, this just makes me sound like an old old person. I don't. I didn't want to get the Facebook app, so I got a knockoff Facebook app, which just makes it <laughs> what? I just what? I just needed messaging. That's all I needed. Why I didn't, didn't you want it? Because it uh, it drains your battery, and they're gonna take all my information. So I've, I I'm lying to myself through another program. Yeah, that that'll keep you safe from the government. <laughs> exactly. Delete Facebook. <laughs> That's a little cool. The only way the government's watching <laughs> That's right. is on Facebook. Hey, no, Google will never, uh, when I get, die, yeah. Google will never <laughs> fake my, my life for about six months. Oh. News radio is 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are we at? Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere, I thought about. Hmm. When was uh, Fresh Prince? Also, Who's the Boss? Who's the and boss? Growing yeah. Pains. Yeah, and so. Growing Pains. I can't yeah. believe neither no of those one, got picked. None of those made the list. Well, I mean, uh, I, I always got And I, I loved Who's the Boss. Yeah. Fucking Alyssa Milano. <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, that was a... <laughs> Rob Brown asked, does Golden Palace also get included? Golden Palace was the spinoff of Golden Girls. With Don Cheadle on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Cheech Marin. Oh, oh yeah! It lasted for one season. Really? That's yeah. all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It was too. It was different. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what GoldenPalace.com eventually turned into? <laughs> That's right. That's weird. That's right. What a direction the Golden Girls took in the two thousands. That's modern, all right. Why are you guys not voting for Golden Girls? All right, we're gonna leave ninety. We're gonna leave the poll up for ninety seconds starting right now okay you golden girls fans this is your time to to lobby (laughs) even though it's useless because 
Married with Children is the only pick for best that's sitcom. Seems how how could it 80s. be the best sitcom when Golden Girls is the best show past, present, and future? Wow. I feel like that's the point Kanye West was making at the MTV Awards <laughs> and people got mad at him for it. Are you guys so mad at me? Why don't you quit trying to Taylor Swift uh, Married with Children's party here? No. <laughs> no. Because clearly I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> But Golden Girls is the best show. It's so funny, you guys. It is a good show. What the hell was that? My birth control. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) That was my birth control reminder. Oh, okay. God, why you got to get all up in my business? Maybe because you have a notification (laughs) that goes off. Uh, don't and you could have lied. All women do. (laughs) All women do. Lying just. Is the best. (laughs) Do you know this about me? I can't lie. You can see right through me. Seriously, I do. I cannot lie. lie. That sounds like a lie. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking lie. We'll we'll play two truths and a lie. I cannot tell a lie. Okay, we have ten seconds left. Golden girls. Golden girls. No, married with children all fucking day. Too weird. Here we go. Too (laughs) Too, Too weird. Too weird. What does that mean? All right, let's refresh and then. We'll we'll have our final results. I think I think Futurama actually probably did more for Married with Children among the younger folks. That's fine. Oh, here we go. Our final result number five. <gasps> Wait. Oh, go ahead. Almost in. Alf, don't you get in there and vote again? <laughs> I just said it was done. No, well, it doesn't I matter didn't. I'm, I'm not gonna refresh until we I we finish it announcing them. Uh, number five, Alf. Nice. Number four, Cheers. That's lower than I thought. But Cheers would place. I think it's tied. Is it? What do you mean? Doesn't it have eight? And Night Court has eight. I'm looking at eight, nine for Night Court and eight for Cheers. Well, you're refreshing again, but we just we refresh. <laughs> just like this will change a lot. Like by tomorrow, it'll be. I'll, but we have to stop somewhere. I'll in just let you. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Let's start over. Uh, number five, Alf. Cheers. Night Court comes in at number three. The Golden Girls, number two, Danielle, you must be so proud. That is such a respectable showing. (laughs) And finally, number one, let's hear it. Married with Children. Nice. Oh, it feels so good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick for number one. Absolutely. That's a good one and two, I think. There's worse shows I could have lost to. There's worse shows Mm -hmm. I could have lost to. You weren't on the Golden Girls, you know, right? (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you say that? I'm just joking. You know that. Thank you. I'm we gonna, all think you're the best golden girl. I'm going to take my birth control now. Please do. That fucking notification went off. Yeah. Yeah, it's all I've been it. thinking about since then. <laughs> all right. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thank you. Very, yeah. very fun. Thank you for having me on. And thanks for including Matt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like this, you know, he's a good kid. You know, he uh, really is. Yeah. Next time uh, Danielle's stuck in traffic, just tell me and I'll walk over. Take me ten minutes to get here, so I'll be in. And you don't even have to. Seriously, to go I home. swear to God, the last time I came here, it took me thirty minutes, no more, no less. I was in the car for over an hour. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sorry. It's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> this was fun. It all worked out. We met. Yeah, we made it work. It, okay. it was great. I love right. you guys. We love you. Thank Do you, you have anything you want to plug? Sure. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me. Uh, I would like to plug my podcast. It's called Dr. Cheesecake. It is a podcast where my guests come on with a problem in their life. 
and then I solve it using an episode of the Golden Girls. And I have to be 100% honest here because I can't lie. Adam was on it. Matt was on it. Those are two of my favorite episodes that I've done. Like, seriously, if you're going to listen to it, listen to Matt Brousseau, yeah, yeah. listen to Adam. Where we got from. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was just, we watched good episodes and mm-hmm. you guys were good guests and it was a lot of fun. So go check out Dr. Cheesecake. And then also if you're uh, a stand-up comedian and you, or you want to try stand-up comedy, I host an open mic at the Karma Lounge in Koreatown on Wednesday nights. Um, so check that out. It's called the Band Open Mic, like your band from this bar. So B-A-N-N-E-D. And other than that, thank you so much. It's it's not an open mic for the band. <laughs> no, no bands. Don't come if you're a band. I mean the Canadian uh, uh, classic rock group, the band. All right, I'm done. Hey, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Good segue to my plugs. Uh, listen to me and uh, old uh, uh, friend of this show, Kevin Anderson. Old oh, man. Old KB Anderson, old, yo. Old man Anderson. We have our own podcast. Put <laughs> <laughs> up. Uh, called Bleak and Review. And uh, uh, you can, uh, he runs a great mic on Tuesdays at the other door. Go to Killer Mike Comedy on Facebook. And I got some shows coming up, but uh, whatever. They're at Uncle Flappy Jack's uh, Good Time Saloon. So I don't really care. <laughs> um, what do I have going on? The Darkest Hour, March 10th uh, at Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica. We're doing an all unpops performing under the influence show March third. Whoa! Which will be fun and exciting, and I'll be really drunk or something. I don't know what I'm going to do. Hopefully, mushrooms. That'd be fun. I'll come gonna, see you. I want to come see me. Are you going to remember that I showed up? <laughs> Why wouldn't I remember that? Because you said you're going to be messed up. Well, yeah, of course I'll remember. Okay. Are you not going to show up if he will remember? <laughs> no, I'll come regardless. <laughs> Uh, we have that. Sign up for our subscription site at connectpal.com slash unpopularopinion so you can hear all the episodes of all of our shows completely ad-free. You get so much, and it's only four ninety nine a month. It's like nothing. It's, it's almost nothing. Practically free. It's like 12 and a half cents an episode. Wow. That's so worth it. It's crazy. He's Yeah, great. 25 cents for two episodes. Good deal. Be, you're lucky I don't just put them in a goddamn vending machine. I was gonna say, imagine getting that out of like the yeah the M&M gumball <laughs> on mini discs. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. And uh, yeah, give this show and all of our other shows good ratings and reviews on iTunes, and that would be neat. And uh, I think that's it. This was a lot of fun. Danielle, say goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for having Matt, me. Matt, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>